You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we're going to look at the second part of our series on obnoxious fan bases. Yesterday, we looked at local uh, teams in local schools, and we had uh, a, a trio of schools that we picked. If you have not listened, head on back and check that out, and tell me if you agree with it. On today's show, I'm making this a trio of um, segments. So, you know, after yesterday's show, I had to think about it. I was like, oh, there's so many good fan bases to kind of hit on. So today will be non-ACC, non-New England schools. And then tomorrow we will do ACC schools for obnoxious fan bases. Secondly, I'm going to open up another uh, question that came up in the mailbag, but I really want to dive into it. Um, I think it came in a couple weeks ago in a mailbag, which is what is the like ceiling for BC football this year? Like what is the like a fair, optimistic uh, outlook for BC football. So we'll look at that. And then we have the news, which is what we kick off every show with. So uh, we'll, we'll check that out to start everything off. So the big news, obviously, uh, if you're following BC Baseball, BC Baseball had their midweek game on Tuesday against Northeastern. And it's a game they won 5-3. So again, BC's getting things done in these midweek games. This was not as easy of a game as it should have been as uh, Joe Mancini started again for the second week in a row as their midweek starter and made, went all the way into the sixth inning. Uh, this is the first time he's done that since uh, he's a freshman. Um, he struggled in the sixth, winding up a pair of home runs, but um, you know he looked good up until that point. And, you know, the hitting, they did what they needed to do. You know, Luke Gold again led off with an infield single. Uh, Vince Samini again, who's been, he's been red hot. So it was a game where BC jumped out to a big lead. I mean, this sounds like, I swear I could be recording this every time. They jump out to a lead. Northeastern battles back. BC, though, this time spaces out enough runs at the, at the end of the game to put this game away. So uh, a win's a win. And then this weekend, Boston College ends up playing um, NC State on Friday. Uh, this will be the ALS game, which is a big one because, you know, because obviously Pete Frades is a big deal for Boston College sports, and he's a big figure just in general. So the the beat ALS game will be uh, this weekend. So BC is now fourteen and thirteen. Northeastern was ten and six, um, and that is just another one for the Eagles. Jumping in and talking a little bit about uh, women's lacrosse. Again, I just, I'm just going to throw some some news out there. Charlotte North uh, was named ACC Co-Offensive Player of the Week. Now, if you didn't know, North was a um, All-American, I believe, for Duke and transferred to Boston College this offseason um, and had her first game this weekend against her former squad in which she scored six goals. Uh, so it was a huge... Uh, weekend for her. She's had 42 points this season on 37 goals and five assists. Um, so she's amazing. She's an incredible player at, on lacrosse. So I wanted to make sure that I got a chance to shout her out. And in non-Boston um, College sports news, last night was the national championship. And, you know, that's always relevant. You might want to hear my thoughts on that. Um, if you joined the Locked On, um, Locked On Network 
bracket challenge, you probably lost to me because I finished in 12th out of 210 brackets. I was one of, I think, 10 people that picked Baylor to win it all. Um, in my work pool for my other job, I won my pool for the first time, I think, in my entire life I won. <laughs> uh, but that was that was an impressive game. I thought, you know, looking at what happened in that game, you know, you look at what Baylor was able to do and was able to build. And I know some people are not fans of Baylor, and obviously they have a wretched history um, in terms of some of the things that have happened on campus between, you know, the murder and uh, assaults and things like that. But if you look at what Drew has done, you can see that, like, any school can do this. Any school can build a program with the right coach. So it's, the big question is, can, can where can Earl Grant do this for Boston College? Can Where can he bring Boston College up to? And we're going to have to wait to see that. It's a, it's a million-dollar question, and we still don't have an answer on who his staff is. So uh, we're going to have to find that out soon. I, I, You know, I'm not sure what's going on with the staff. I, I don't know if there's, like, dates that they have to, like, you know, work around or – you know, if they're still talking to people, I don't know. I haven't heard any rumblings other than Anthony Goings as an assistant. And I've heard Dave Paulson, but I haven't heard that he's definitive yet. Dave Paulson was the former head coach of George Mason. So we'll keep our ears open on that. But uh, I hope, you know, it, was, it wasn't really much of a game. I mean, Baylor just blew Gonzaga out of the gym. Um, but uh, that was that's the end of basketball. You know, the women's side I thought was much more interesting. There were some great games. That UConn-South Carolina game was amazing. You know, every game it felt like for the women's side was um, definitely a must-watch must watch game for uh, basketball fans. Now, in a moment, I cannot wait to talk about uh, obnoxious fan bases again. I had a lot of fun talking about that yesterday, but let's uh, chat quickly about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is a 100% chocolate-covered bar that is a protein bar. It is delicious, and it is good for you. They have 18 amazing flavors with six new flavors and 12 original. And they always seem to have a bunch of seasonal um, or special offers that you can check out. They're good for the health conscious guy, low, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Now, this is what I mean. Like you can go and get a candy bar and you're going to get a load of sugar and, and junk in it. Or you can get a Built Bar. The Coconut Almond, one of my favorites, has 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 net carbs. How are you going to beat that? Now, Built Bar has a special promotion. If you use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, let me tell you, I, I mean, this is a podcast I have just been raving about, and I cannot, I hope that you have listened to my advice and checked it out. Check out Locked On Today. It's a 20-minute podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski because it gives you everything that you need to know about every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is AJ Black. So yesterday, I jumped in and I talked about obnoxious fan bases, and I had a field day with this. I, I had a lot of fun, and there were things afterwards I was like, oh, I wish I brought that up about um, some of these schools and um, some of the things that really irked me about some of the... Um, the uh, fan bases. Uh, for instance, yesterday I brought up UMass. The one piece I, I forgot, I was listening back to it yesterday. I was like, oh, I forgot to say that UMass in football thinks they're going to beat BC every year. And they end up losing by like 40 every single year, but they think they're going to beat us. Same thing with UConn. I think they both think, and it's that like, you know, the Fredo stepbrother thing where they think they're going to, you know, beat their older brother, but it's not happening. So uh, those were two schools that, that were on my list. So, I had so much fun. I decided I would add a second 
uh, a third actually segment to our series. And that is looking at just fan bases in general that are not in the ACC or in New England that drive me crazy. So let's start off with number three. And this is only a school that made it because of our recent, not, not even that recent, like our, our matchup in the last six years, and that's USC. So uh, this, small, this is more of a personal uh, aggravation that they uh, on their end. But when USC played Boston College in 2014, they were bar none one of the more irritating fan bases to ever come into Alumni Stadium. Um, they felt entitled. They were obnoxious and in your face. I had a drunk, probably 21-year-old, maybe 20, um, college girl in front of me doing the USC victory V thing that they do with their fingers, probably for three quarters in my face, just nonstop. And I, I know a lot of other fans <laughs> when I was at BC Interruption was like, yo, AJ, they were like in my face. So it wasn't just this one girl. There were a lot of fans that were doing that. And I got a rep- I got an email from uh, Robert V who kind of gave the same kind of story. I'm not going to get into his whole story, but he said basically that they were doing the same thing to him outside in the, um, the parking lot. So this is just one example, but I feel like it just kind of set me off in a, in a, in a, mind frame that this this fan base is just obnoxious so usc uh you know they're doing all this stuff during the game for three quarters then what happens you all remember it tyler murphy runs that it was like 65 yards i think uh quarterback option and blast past all those future nflers to run in for a touchdown and then it was like all those little chirpers they went silent the girl in front of me she just vanished i i was cheering for that Tyler Murphy touchdown for a good minute or two. I turn around, she's gone. And I think a lot of them, they just, you know, they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and then they leave. So just for that series, that game alone, and just the bad taste that they put in my mouth, I'm going to put USC at number three. And just as a reminder, this is obnoxious in the lens of a Boston College fan. And that could be whether they're at a game whether it's how they treat BC fans, whether it's the history between the schools. It's not just in general. Like you could say that like, you know, Georgia has a obnoxious fan base or whatever, but we don't really play Georgia and they don't have much interaction with us, so I'm not going to put them there. Number 2 are the Michigan Wolverines. And for me, it's it goes to that what I just said, like the way that they treat Boston College fans. Like Michigan has a huge history, right? You can't deny that, and they have a rabid fan base. But in general, Michigan hasn't been much better than Boston College lately. And they the the impression I get is and it's not just the fan base, it's that entire program, right? So you get John, Jim Harbaugh who I find completely obnoxious. And and then you get writers that um are you know following f- recruits around the country and having them stay over and all that stuff, which is gross. And then you have the fans that are on top of that saying like, oh, you know, we're just gonna take whoever we want from Boston College, blah 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 blah. When BC over and over again has shown that they can get guys that they want to not go to Michigan, and you know they're doing better and better, and I think Jeff Halfley's gonna do it even more. So it's the sense of entitlement for me from Michigan for and, and it's unearned sense of entitlement like right you could say Ohio State has entitled fans too but they've been to the playoffs c- consistently they win the Big Ten consistently um and so that that's that piece I, I think Michigan itself 
they treat BC fans like we're, you know, the next UConn. And they are not much better than BC. I mean, last year they were worse than BC. I'm pretty sure last year Boston College could have smoked Michigan. And I'm not I wouldn't be shocked if this year Boston College could smoke Michigan. Um, so my number two team on my obnoxious list is the Michigan Wolverines. Um, and in their fans. And we're gonna stay in the Big Ten for number one. And it's not Rutgers, because I think of Rutgers as almost completely irrelevant and they don't have enough fans, honestly, to make a big difference at this point. It's going to be Penn State. So with Penn State, obviously you have that icky, gross backstory with Joe Paterno and that whole situation and the way the fans react to that. I'm not going to get into that because that was gross. And the way that the fans you know, rallied around that and this whole statue situation, it's just bad, right? But I mean... Just the way that Penn State, just like Michigan, treats BC fans, they have the other added bonus of that they've won 20 of 24 games against BC. However, since 1992, BC has won three out of the last four against Penn State. So if you want to go into like modern era football with Boston College, they've owned Penn State. I'm not going to count you know all those games that they played against Penn State in the 60s and the 70s. You know, Currently, BC has has owned them. They've won. You know, they won the last two games in the uh, regular um, regular season games against Penn State. They lost that. Oh God, the 2014 bowl game. Um, but I, it's that sense of entitlement that Penn State fans have against BC. Like, oh, if we want your guy, we're going to take him. Um, so that piece itself, along with that gross history, that puts them ahead of Michigan in terms of my obnoxious level. So my number one is Penn State. And I apologize to uh, Locked On Penn State's Kevin McGuire. He's a nice guy, but he's not representative of, of, of Penn State fans. So on tomorrow's show, I'm going to give you three ACC programs I find the, the fan bases to be obnoxious. I got to do some work on that because I already know who my number one is. And actually, I probably know number two. And number three is where I'm kind of stuck. So you're not going to want to miss that if you enjoyed this. Now, my question for you is I'm going to post this on Locked On BC on Twitter. I want to hear what your thoughts are. There's, a, you know, obviously a, a, a multitude of other programs you could I could have chosen. Who do you find? What fan bases do you find obnoxious? What fan bases grind your gears that really get on your nerves? And uh, leave that uh, leave that on Twitter. So make sure you follow us on Twitter to, to give your thoughts on that. Now, in our final segment, we are going to chat about next season. And I'm going to dive in and give you my thoughts about what the most optimistic outlook could be for Boston College football in 2021. But let's chat about a betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football and college basketball may be over, but NNBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. You name it, they have it. They probably even have odds up right now for WrestleMania, if that's your your, your jam. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. And head on over to the website, and you can get a free um, profile when you sign up. All you need to do is make a deposit, and they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on that deposit when you use promo code locked on. Again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Now it's time to chat a little bit about the ultimate mock draft. 
It's April, and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts is shifting into draft mode. April 19th through 26th, tune into the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. If you are listening for the first time, I want to welcome you. And I want to thank you for giving us a chance. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Now, uh, I had said today we were going to, uh, on yesterday's podcast, I was going to say today's show, we're going to talk to Locked On Avalanche. Um, my, my interview with them is, I'm recording this later, so... Um, I'm not going to get a chance to post it. It'll be on tomorrow's show. So just if you're waiting for my thoughts on Alex Newhook and hearing me on the Locked on Avalanche show, you'll find that on tomorrow's show. Now, I'm going to talk about BC football and I want to look at the 2021 schedule again. You know, we talked about it a little bit when it first came out and I kind of gave you some initial reactions on what the, the schedule looks like and, you know, some of the ups and downs and, and the, the challenges that could BC could face. Now, I'm going to look at today's show and and give you my thoughts on what could be the most optimistic outcome of Boston College's 2021 season. Now some of you at, at home would say, "Oh, AJ, they're going to go 15 and 0 and win the national championship." Now, here's the deal. That's not realistic. As much as I love Jeff Halfley and I love Phil Jakovic and Zay Flowers, this team is not well-rounded enough to realistically say that they're going to go and win every single game that they play this year. I just do not see that happening. So I don't think that's a fair, optimistic look at this upcoming year. But to be fair, I don't think, I think, excuse me, that the outcome could be something pretty similar that uh, for BC. So here's what I'm going to say is the, the most optimistic way BC could um, finish 2021. So they start the season off with Colgate. They're going to beat Colgate. Colgate is not going to be a problem. They're going to finish, and they're going to beat UMass and Temple. That's three wins right there. So they're going to start the season off 3-0. and And I, no matter if this is the optimistic, negative view, I think those are three wins that are easily going to come. Temple's a mess right now. UMass is a disaster, and Colgate's an FCS school that's n- not near any of the schools that they played that would be like a challenge for an upset. Big question comes on September 25th and October 2nd when they play Missouri and they play Clemson. So the big question marks there is going to, for BC this year, I think the big question mark just in general is going to be the defense, right? The defense is definitely not at a level where they can challenge and and be a New Year's Six team. Uh, you know, like one of those top ACC schools right below Clemson that gets to play like the Orange Bowl or something like that. But for my optimistic out- outlook, let's say that they do get their defense up a notch, just good enough to uh, complement an offense that's going to be really dynamic, right? So you got an offense that's putting up 30 plus points a game and a defense that, you know, brought it down to about 20 points a game and, and they're playing much better. Not elite, but still good. So looking at all the games, if you're going to say that like the most optimistic outlook for Boston College, for me, it would be 10 and 2. And here's what would happen. I I just see Clemson as still a year or two away. And they're playing in Death Valley. Death Valley, given what's going on in the world, I'm imagining is going to be at full capacity at that point. It's going to be a tough game. And they're going to DJ Ukulele is now in his second year. He's gonna he's got you know a whole month of uh, starting under his belt. I feel like he's gonna be dynamic. They've you know their 
they're Dabo Sweeney. They're gonna uh, they're just gonna reload. I think the defense is not good enough to stop Clemson. So Clemson's gonna beat BC. And now the the second loss could be a variety of teams. And I don't have the quarterbacks in front of me, but I feel like it's going to be a quarterback that's mobile that'll beat BC. So BC, you know, Tam Lokabu talked about how beat, stopping mobile quarterbacks is going to be a hallmark of this defense that they need to improve upon. And I think they'll get better. I just feel like there'll be one team that at least will get, a, you know, a mobile quarterback that they can't stop. And that could be like Virginia Tech. It could be Missouri. It could be... You know, Florida State. It could be any of these schools that have, um, you know, mobile quarterbacks. So I'm going to say one of those teams would be the team that they lose to. That would make them ten and two. I, this is a very manageable, uh, manageable schedule. And if guys like Jaden Lars Woodbay and uh, Isaiah Graham Mobley and some of these freshmen step up, and give them some depth on that defense, I could see them going ten and two. Unfortunately, because they play in the uh, ACC Atlantic, they're not going to make the um, pl- the ACC championship game. Clemson's too good. If they're on the other side, I'd pick them for the, the championship. They're just not going to get it. Now, at 10-2, and two, I don't see anyone in the ACC Atlanta- uh, Coastal that could take that second New Year's, uh, New Year's Bowl. So I'm going to say Clemson probably makes it to the playoffs. That leaves the Orange Bowl open. And so my optimistic viewpoint is if BC goes 10 and 2, you know, they win some big games, they they look good. I could see BC playing in the Orange Bowl, getting there, finally getting past that hump and getting into an elite bowl game and one that, you know, fans can travel to and uh, play a big time team. So that's my optimistic viewpoint. I think they could do it. I don't think that's that out of the realm of possibility. It's just that defense. Can they tweak it just enough and get that offense, especially in the red zone, to to tweak it just enough to fix that? With that schedule, I think BC could do it. I think they could be a top 15 team, and I think this could be a really big season, and that's my optimistic viewpoint. Now, there's all sorts of other ways of looking at this, so what do you think? What is your optimistic outlook for the upcoming season, given all the moves and freshmen and and the changes that have happened to this roster, do you think Boston College could be a top 25 team? Do you think they could win 10 games? Where do you think they could land? I'd love to hear more from you. So on tomorrow's show, we're going to go over the news again. We're going to go over the obnoxious fan bases from the ACC. And I'll have my segment with Locked On Avalanche that you're going to want to check out. Make sure you find us on Twitter at Locked On BC. I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. You can find all my work there. Please join up. Become one of our commenters. I hope to hear what you have to say about Boston College on the site. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. This is AJ Black. I will see you all again tomorrow for another show. Take care, everyone.